To That's Not Quite All Folks, a Tunes podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hallam, joined by... And I'm Jordan, and uh, welcome to the single most detached episode of this podcast. Mark's eating, I just got back from a concert last night, and we're talking about the Goofy Gophers. So, any vested yeah. interest we've had previously, you, you may not find here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's the Goofy Gophers. Come on. I mean... To be fair, we are doing this for you guys because um, one of our Twitter commenters did suggest that we do an episode on uh, the Goofy Govers uh, because uh, we didn't do that in our character week. But um, you know who else we didn't do in our character week? Uh, Sam and Ralph. And nobody's yelling at us to do those, and those are actually good. So instead, we have to talk about the Goofy Govers. Wonderful. It's it's mind-blowing. You know, two effeminate woodland creatures. Let's go. It's Chippendale. They were very open. <laughs> it's 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 Chippendale. If 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 they were a lot worse. Um, okay. Well, but we're trying to be kind. We're trying to be kind because the person who may have like suggested this might be listening and might be a fan. And so there are some good things about these characters. Let's let's make oh, it very yeah. clear. Um, but. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have the worst time watching these. It's just no, they kind of are what they are. Yeah, they're. We're gonna go into some of the fundamental issues with these characters, um, and we're gonna cover three of their shorts, which we haven't announced yet. Mark, which ones are we covering? <laughs> All right, the ones we're doing are the Goofy Gophers, Lumberjerks, and I Go for You. Mm-hmm. You can see uh, the level of punmanship in the titles. It really reflects the lack of real effort in the writing as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, just just to reaffirm, these are actual recurring characters that Warner Brothers used from the 1940s until the early 1960s. This was something that the masses clamored for more of. These tales of gophers that really liked vegetables. And uh, speak in effeminate, um, not effeminate, but speak in posh British accents. Um, Very positive. Yeah. Super positive. Okay, positive. People wanted more of these, and so they got like eight or nine different cartoons of them. And they survive to the current day. Yeah. For some reason so we should get to their debut first i think because that's i think the the, the easiest way to delineate the, the the rise of these characters is with through their debut and, and mark you had that one right oh yes i do yeah. all right so this is the goofy gophers original. came out on january 25th 1947 um tries what happened on that day Al Capone died. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Legendary Chicago gangster Al Capone died of neurosyphilis 
at the age of 48. Yeah, that's one of the greatest uh, fun facts in um, in in like history. That it wasn't, you know, the mob that did alcohol It wasn't like liver cancer. It wasn't lung cancer. It was syphilis. It was it was your 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 standard grade syphilis. Um, <laughs> that's what did Al Capone in. He died of syphilis in prison. Um, and then just to reiterate, he was in prison at the time, which means there is absolutely no chance that he would have gotten whacked while sitting in a theater watching the Goofy Gophers. No. Oh, also, um, because we are from the tri-state area. Yes, we are. He he didn't die in a Jersey prison, though. He was briefly in a Jersey prison. Did, did he die in the Jersey prison? I don't think so, because I know he also spent a little bit of time about at Alcatraz, I believe. I think they moved him around a lot, because um, he kept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was held in Philadelphia for a bit. Okay. At at at, at um, Eastern State. Eastern State. Eastern oh yeah, very nice. They uh, they do that up for uh, for Halloween shit nowadays. So um, yes, they do. Um, I I went there on a field trip once. Yeah. I don't remember. Now it's, fun, it's funny. I've never been to Eastern State, but um, there's a really 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 good barbecue restaurant right uh, like down the street from it. <laughs> it's it's like unbelievably good. Is is it is it a uh, a jail pun barbecue? Is it a locked them up ribs no, or whatever? No, no, it's 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 called Jack's Firehouse. So it's it's it has nothing to do with cashing in on Eastern State, but like it's really good. So it's, it's higher end, but it's really good. Anyway, <laughs> enough about food. Uh, clearly tells you where where we're at today. All right, so this was kind of directed by Bob Clampett yes. and Arthur Davis. Written by Warren Foster. So, some intriguing notes about these two uh, goofy gophers is that they wouldn't be named. So, they have names. It's a Macintosh, mm-hmm. based off of Macintosh, because the proper Brits or what have you. Uh, mm-hmm. They weren't named at Macintosh until the Bugs Bunny show. Okay. So, that's fascinating. The short's also... Um, it's kind of a Bob Lambert cartoon, yeah. and that he had the IP planned it, but then he left the studio in '46, so it was finished by Arthur Davis. Okay, which explains a lot. It explains why it has a lot of clampity energy, but it also explains why some things about it are just not quite right. Also, in this one, the um, goofy gophers have gray and white fur, mm-hmm. kind of like Bugs's kind of colors, but. Mm-hmm. Um, in their next short, uh, which we're not covering, called uh, Two Gophers from Texas, oh, they would yeah. have their normal fur. <sighs> yeah. There's also like there's also like a ton of audio issues with this short. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, right from the start, yeah. Like um, we'll, we'll we'll get there when we get there. Mm-hmm. All right, so in fact, we'll get there now. Yes. So, the very first thing we see, normal intro, Warner Brothers Shield goes up. There's a slight dip in pitch. When the shield goes up, and audio-wise, mm-hmm. 
Uh, that's due to a scanning error done in 1995. Right. And you would think within the 25 years, they'd just go, okay, we'll just take the music from a short that we didn't mess up on and just put it in front of that one and no one would be the wiser. Well, the historians would go mad. Yeah. Because on HBO Max, and this is the one of the few I did watch HBO Max, um, it's it's the same thing. It's They kept the 1995 Turner Audio, which has that error. So, you pan in on a world-famous garden. It won, a, it won first prize, and it's being looked at after by this watchdog. Right. Which and is, he, he he's like an army an army general goes yeah. right they sleeps and how this watchdog speaks it's such an oddball idea but I kind of love it he he speaks like a Shakespearean actor ah uh, that's not what I got I, I I got more of like a like a sort of a World War One officer kind of deal. Ah, okay. Because it was okay. because a lot of the first couple minutes of this is very much reminiscent of like a war film or like a World War One sort of retrospective, and he has the accent to match, which also sort of explains why uh, Macintosh also have sort of posh British accents, or at least will eventually. Yeah. So, because his first line is he hears uh, carrots being chopped in the dark, and he thinks he says hark. You think there's intruders in Young Garden, which uh, I just love. And then he takes out a flare cannon. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> just shoots a flare out all over the garden to, to light up the garden so you can see what's going on. And I just love the character in, in this dog. I don't know why. It's just, it, it's it's very out there and wacky. That, that it, it's, it's very Clampet-esque in its uh, yeah. execution. I would say so, especially in the color of his nose. Like, you can tell, like, 1940s Looney Tunes when there's, like, just a, ca- a character that has a red nose when they don't need to. Yeah. So. So, eventually, he, he finds the gophers, and he disguises himself. And he says, uh, Commando Tactics. Yeah. Again, just like little things. It's like, who are you? Like, what? What's your deal? <laughs> so as we're introduced to the Goofy Gophers, and they're great, but, but they're pretty much, I would say they're the same character. I would say that they're pretty much one identical character duplicated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Gophers know they're eating carrots. And of course, you know, one of the Gophers says, hey, hey. Look, look, look who I am. Guess who I am. <laughs> a Bugs Bunny impression. How very cheap. Someone knew who was the big box in 47. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it works because of, you know, the very, like, you know, this was, it, it, it's, it's able to make fun of itself as, like, you know, as Warner Brothers of the time. Like, okay, you know, Bugs Bunny's big. We can poke fun at our own success, almost. So, uh, eventually the dog comes in, and he's about to get one of the gophers. <laughs> Then the gopher says incredibly fast. But have you tried the pumpkin today? Pumpkin? Why, no. Well, here, have some. I love how fast animation was there. Yeah. It's very... Uh, and then it just says, no, have you had your iron today? <laughs> and that's like, well, no, I haven't tried my iron today. But, well, he, uh, it's very stretched out because you kind of know what's coming. As um, a shovel gets 
slammed on the dog's head, runs away, and then the dog just runs while the shovel's torn his head. It's all indented. It's very, it's very nice. No, I mean, the speed of this cartoon, especially in the gag work, is one of its strengths. Like, it does have that sort of frenetic clampet energy about it. And, you know, it, it just keeps pumping and keeps, like, blaring all over the place. And it's just very much tied down by a lot of um, very you know, Arthur Davis-esque um, ideas. So... The first, like, real gag of this short is um, the gophers in the ground, and they do a little, do a little uh, joke about vegetables on their heads, a real uh, Carmen, the lady. She has to dance with the fruits on her head. That lady, I think. Uh, Carmen Miranda? I think so. Yeah, because they say, well, Julio Carmen, no, I think. So the dog digs a hole to look for them. And, of course, the, when the gophers has a tomato, squishes it. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. And <laughs> the gophers are taunting the dog with silly faces. The point where the dog gets a pair of garden shears to kill them. <laughs> Which, again, I just love the extreme nature. Yeah. And, of course, the dog's distracted. And the gophers get, like, matches under his foot. Yeah. Lie him on fire. The dog discovers his foot's on fire. And love the animation here where... um. The dog's running, but it turns to like a flash of like of heat, and then yeah. there's a lovely transition of that to the dog, and it's all in the same shot, and it's very well done. Oh yeah, no, it's well animated, of course. Um, it a lot of this this cartoon being timed to the music and being timed in like succession um, does also in, uh, like enhance it a lot for me. So. As the gophers are stealing the vegetables one by one, uh, again, play to a piece of music, uh, Mysterious Moe's. Yeah, no, it's really good. I, I love how it's timed. The dog thinks he can get away with it. Of course, he gets bopped in the nose. So the dog disguises himself as a scarecrow, which he thinks, oh, my razor-keen mind is going to really help me out here. Yeah. The dog gets taken away, gets punched out of the hole, and because they're vegetarians... How dare you? We don't eat meat. Yeah, we're veget. Literally, a sign pops up saying we're vegetarians. You screwball! Like I liked that. It, it, it's really silly. Yeah, no. That's a lot. A lot of this is just very silly, more than anything else. It's like okay, that's that's at least yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, and then there's this um, bit where uh, this is where we have a bit with the gophers, right? Where they're going through the garden underneath everything. Yeah. And one of the gophers, really, yeah. So one of the gophers like wants to eat certain fruits, and the other gopher is like, "No, no, 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 that's bad for you." And you know, one of them's like, oh, "Strawberries? No, 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 they make you out on a ration now. Come on." Yeah, it's, it's it's relatable dialogue that would be like in like current cartoons, but it also isn't funny. And that's what I find with a lot of the goofy gopher dialogue, or it just sort of is is more like it's more it, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a lot of very witty things to say about this. Neither do the gophers. Yeah, well, so, exactly. So the gopher tries to pull out a celery by the gopher from underground. And I just love, the, again, the complete nonsensical nature of the dog pulls the celery stick, but then the gophers tied his tail to it, so all of a sudden the dog is, like, under the ground. Yeah. <laughs> 
and I just run him over with a with a with a roller. I love the gradual <laughs> reveal of that, where it becomes goes from one thing to I've got them exactly where they want me, and then just right to the, them on the steamroller. I love it. And here, here's the lady go for a bit, right? Um, no, no, no. There's a grenade bit. Oh, right. Yeah, no, I completely forgot. Also, it's around this point that I realized that the Glyphers are actually pretty hostile. Mm-hmm. Like, which honestly is something we don't see in the other two cartoons of like the Glyphers actually being like active, like not being passive but active. Well, there's a reason for that that I'm going to get into in the next. Yeah. Game. So in the next gag, um, the dog wants to get him out with his bare hands. The Glyphers have a grenade. Yeah. Don't know where they got it. Just have a grenade. And the dog just, he thinks their grenade is the gopher. He tries to get out of the hole, gets the pin out. He he thinks the grenade is a diamond ring and he stares at it. He either, okay, he either says stunning isn't it or thinks stunning in it isn't it because the mouth doesn't move, yeah. but whatever. But eh, it works. And of course it blows up and he's immediately wiped out. And then we get this uh, female ghoul for puppet bit. Yeah, which I really liked. I liked it. If I could be a stickler for like a second though with it was that when they cut to the dog with the puppet, there's like a patch of like green grass where he is. Yeah. And then when they cut back to the gopher, it's like all dirt. It, uh, it's, it's a goofy gopher's cartoon. You don't need to go too far into it like that. Exactly. Um, no, I, I, I think the, the gag really fleshed out what we knew about these characters and just sort of had their camaraderie and sort of like, you know, like them dancing with this, this, this female gopher. And then uh, just throwing off its dress to reveal the little, his little fingers there and then torturing him there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would comment that in the shot with the mousetrap, that the whites in the gopher's eyes are gone. But honestly, it sells the psychopathic nature much better. Yeah. Just these soulless dark eyes, like, let's put the mousetrap further. <laughs> we must punish this animal. <laughs> uh, I miss them as psychopaths. Um, and then we get we get our ending, which is just insane. I love the ending. So the dog creates a, a, a booby trap, a carrot. What's his name? A carrot with a with a with like a TNT with TNT. Dog lights the fuse, and of course, there's a gopher right outside the the tree. Cuts it, cuts it, makes a sound of explosion. The dog is back into its ways. And he, he falls asleep, and the gophers just pick him up and take him to their, take Fucking, him to a... Like a projectile launcher or something, and they point it towards the moon. And they put a stick of dynamite in his mouth, light it, take out a, a camera, use a, a, a wet... A, like bird, like, like a, a rubber ducky to wake the, the dog up. It's all time the music... Looks at the camera, smiles as he as he gets shot off into the moon, <laughs> and he literally breaks the moon into four little crescent pieces. I loved how creative yes. that is. That's very clampy. Yes, it, it's insane. It's insane. 
So we come back to Earth. The gopher's like, well, no more dog. I guess this is ours now. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we have all these carrots to ourselves. And then there's chomping noises. They look over. Well, um, now I wouldn't say that. <laughs> the infamous thing about this short, honestly, the thing that made that much more famous than even this is the first Goofy Gophers cartoon, is that... Um, Bugs' voice is incredibly sped up. Uh-huh. Which people have said, like, oh, it, it's because they messed up. Yeah. They, they, they forgot it wasn't slowed down properly. Right. Yeah. Which, on one hand, okay, that's probably what actually happened. But on the other, like, I could make it like a stretch that maybe that's Bugs impersonating the gophers. Like, they have a high-pitched voice, so he does a high-pitched voice, but... Maybe. But, yeah, again, that's something. Hell, I could do it right now. I can write that. I can write now, lower the pitches of, 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 of our voice right now, and it'd be that easy. And Warner Brothers just doesn't want to do it. <sighs> that's just unfortunate. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a funnier joke for this bit. Hopefully it'll be funnier in post. Oh, it will be. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that's where we end things. That's, that's in the cartoon. Yeah. Um, I, I, and again, I, I think that this is the best thing I could say about it. I, I really like the psychotic nature of the gophers in this. Yeah. And it, it really does suck that they don't have it after, after this because... It's the closest thing they have to... Honestly, it's the closest thing they have to make them not a Chip and Dale clone. Now, I'm going to let this up because it's always entirely possible. All right, that was 43. And this was... And and this was in 47. Okay, so... It's possible this is one of us looking at Disney going, we can do that, but do it loony. And honestly, it was a pretty good way of doing it. And it's a darn shame they would kind of drop the, um, would drop it in or- and, and just make it literally diet Chip and Dale, which. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there are some very cool ideas in this cartoon. And there's some great clampity energy that he sort of threw in there before he left. Um, the characters sort of work here, even the dog. Um, the one thing that really tricked me up is that, like, there wasn't a great deal of, like, conflict. It was just, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it was a very thin conflict. It was like, okay, these gophers are stealing the, the vegetables, I have to stop them. And it just kept being that for the rest of the cartoon. And, and, that, 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 I mean, this is, you know, the first one I watched for this, it seemed thin then. Um, but I think that there was enough here that charmed me, and I think there was a lot of really good gag work and, yeah. and good stuff here that I think it's still a net win, even though I had some problems with it. Yeah, I think that dog really saved it for me. Yeah, definitely. I think we're gonna see why it doesn't work as well without the dog. And a little yeah. Bit. All right. Um, I'm giving this a uh, three point five out of five endings. That's exactly what I gave it. You know, it's pretty good. Flawed. Fine. Okay. 
So we're going to go with um, a, a goofy go for a short that I encountered originally on the Golden Collections drink. Um, and this was, I think, on like I think either the first or the second, one of them. It was early on. This is Lumberjerks. Uh, it was released on June 25th, 1955. Uh, on this day, the musical Can Can closes the Schubert Theater after 892 performances. Uh, that's really all I got for that on this day, you know. Lumberjerks is a Frizz Freeling Warren Foster film. Uh, as per usual with these, Stan Freeberg plays Tosh, Melville plays everybody else. This is also the last Looney Tunes entry to use the 1946-1955 version of the merry-go-round broke down in order to start the cartoon. So, it's 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 a marker of the beginning of the beginning of the tail end of the Golden Age. You know, I am. I think I said this already. I am so music blind when it comes to the opening music of Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah. I never notice it ever. It's like, yep, that's the opening of Looney Tunes cartoon. Like, I never noticed, like, one time it's Mergo broke down, and the other time it's you know, some other. And now all the Looney Tunes fan ar fans are at my door. How dare you? Revoke <laughs> your card. How do you not know this? <laughs> the other one. Yeah. I'm tired, okay? <laughs> We're both very tired, and we don't want to be covering Goofy Gophers cartoons, okay? <laughs> um... All right, so Lumberjerks is, first of all, the first thing you notice is that um, here we have the more traditional voices and designs for Macintosh. They're all ironed down. Uh, we're away from Clampett, fully on Freeling, fully British, not just sort of leaping around something resembling a British accent. Uh, these are uh, both Mel and Stan are doing them very British. Oh, by the way. Yes. Arthur Davis was a um, the director of the last short. Here he's just an animator. Yeah. Frizz Freeling went, no, no, Arthur, let me do this one. Give it back. And for once, that doesn't really work. Yeah, yeah how about that? Because you'd think, oh, Frizz knows more than Arthur, but maybe Arthur Davis had a point. Maybe. And once again, apologies to Arthur Davis. We were out of time. Um, no, sorry. But yeah, the first minute of this is just... A lot of just back and forth between Mac and Tosh about their living arrangements, and it's not especially funny because it's just them being quaint and polite. Um, we do get into a pretty good conflict early on after they sort of rummage through their tree to make sure things are in line. And because um, the, the, the first bit of it is they're gathering nuts and they're trying to make sure their tree is fully stocked. And then they realize, wait a minute, our tree isn't completely here. Uh, the top of the tree is gone, so they have to figure out who took it and where it is. And it's a good conflict, but as we soon find out, because the rest of it takes place in sort of a lumber factory and throughout you know, the rest of the forest, there really isn't an aggressor. There's no real true villain in this one. Which is the biggest difference between this one and Goofy um, Gopher is the original. It's really just all of these specific elements trying to kill them, which is only funny to an extent. And as we start seeing as these characters begin to sort of race towards, you know, their tree, um, a lot of these gags don't hit because these guys are too polite for funny things to happen to them. 
Like there's this whole bit where um, they're, they, they find what they think is their tree and they're trying to row it um, b- back to shore, but it ends up going nearly sending them over a waterfall. And yes, them going down the waterfall, then rowing back up at the opposite direction is funny. But wouldn't it have been funnier if the falls had gotten them? It would have led for a more natural transition. Yeah. Instead of just like a random, like, because they, they roll the way back up and then we transition to them being really tired. And we could have just had them go over. Yeah, like, it would have more sense. Like, oh, they're, like, oh, they're tired since yeah. they've gone a waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, Fritz Freeling is afraid to actually have these characters go through any consequences whatsoever. Like, uh, these next two, there's barely anything bad that happens to them. Like, I mean, th- this is why the reveal, because, you know, there's a bit here where the, the, the log they're lying on goes through a, a, a couple of saws and w- while they're sleeping. And that's why the reveal of the saw, the fact that the saw grazed Tosh's back works, because there was a consequence, even though they do get out of it. Yeah. Also, I... For some reason, I really like the line, if you'll pardon the slang, I'm bushed. Yeah. I don't know why. That was cute. I like that. It is because, he's, you know, it's, it's these two very sophisticated characters trying to emulate, you know, lower class. And it feels like they're it's below them. Yeah. I especially like when uh, the uh, saw cut through them and Macrotosh, whatever, says, my God, you snore. And just the... The nice turn the camera uh, Tosh has, or whatever. It's a really nice turn the camera. It's really nice. What? <laughs> and the, the, there are funny things in here. Yeah. But I, y- you got to look for them. Exactly. They're kind of few and far between. Well, the part of when they do have you kind of surprised, like, oh, yeah. shit, that was funny. Like, like yes, uh, at I the, know what it's going to be. But go ahead. No, I mean, at, at, at the center of this is... The, the idea, the reveal of what this, this lumber factory is producing, which is these trees are being destroyed in order to make artificial fireplace logs and toothpicks. It's a pretty genius takedown of 1950s kitsch culture and excessive deforestation for their own minimalist capitalist good. And it, that reveal yeah. was very funny. Like, you know, you're making trees, you're taking them out of the forest, and you're making less real trees. Like, like, like it, it, it makes no sense, but it makes sense because this was the 50s. This is what they did. Yeah, you know, there's an article that could be written about the satirical nature of Looney Tune cartoons in the 1950s. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, the satire is really only hidden at the back of this one because, you know, after this, we just go back to Macintosh slightly in peril and just, like, trying to find... Their tree. Okay, I think there is a subtle joke here in the number of times they think a tree, like something is their tree. Like, I think it's three times in this cartoon they think a tree is theirs, and then it gets destroyed, and they move on to another tree. Like, it, it maybe the joke here is that all trees look the same, but not all, not enough time is spent on this joke in order for it to work. And so it just seems confusing and lazy that they don't know which tree is theirs. It's inconsistent with their characters, because they would know which one was theirs. And now they keep getting confused. Yes, uh, and and um, I, I do like I, I do like when um, one of them. So so they discover that everything that they try that their trees are turning into furniture. Yeah, that's what they come to the conclusion. It's 
Yeah, and so the, the, from there they were like, okay, because a lot of this furniture is being you know, loaded and taken away and shipped out, and so they get an idea in a clever and you know slightly too smug way of like yeah. this is a, it was a weird cut here where they had um, uh, one of the gophers <clears throat> basically like sucking gasoline out of a hose using the gasoline. Yeah, now, I will say. Uh, I will say uh, that right before that, one of the gophers goes into the machine trying to save a tree. Oh right. And then um, I, I love one of them saying, "Oh, do be careful." <laughs> <laughs> Again, way too polite. Yes, and the gopher comes out, and his hair is curly, and just starts getting really into it. It's it's a Mrs. Nesbit moment. Exactly. So we were saying, stop it, stop it. There's a time and place for everything. <laughs> that was good. This is where we, we, we begin to get them because you know they they they, they stops they, they 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 take a hose out of the some of the gasoline and so they they have like you know like a leak of some sort where so the truck isn't gonna get very far and then they take all of the furniture and like rebuild their tree with just the furniture which is kind of clever but there's no real oh oh yeah one, one other thing i want to mention here which is odd um one of them we, is voiced by bugs bunny <laughs> jesus christ mark let me fucking do it <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ like literally like, like like we hear uh the truck driver like two like the two truck drivers you know passing through you know arguing about like um you know did you fill it before you left and one of the voices is clearly Mel's Bugs voice. Are you sure you filled up before we left? Yeah, I'm sure I filled up before we left. Like, why didn't he sound like that at the end of the last Lumber um, Goofy Gophers one? Because that is Bugs. It's it's like in the Hippity Hopper one where it's Bugs a- randomly shows up. It's like, <sighs> it's distracting. But yeah, they do set up, you know, the tree again, just made up of all the furniture that they stole. And that's at least a clever idea, but yeah. there hasn't really been any real consequences for these characters. They've just sort of ambled by. Yeah, I, I also forgot this one little thing I liked is when Mac comes up with the idea, he says, I have an idea, and he poses like the thinker for a brief second. Yeah. That was okay. cute. Yeah, no, it's, again, it's little cute moments, shit like that. A lot of those. And then our, our last gag is kind of a cutesy moment. No, the last gag is just them on top of their tree, like, in, you know, just with all the furniture stacked up. And, you know, they're saying, basically, it's nice that we got television, but now we have to wait for electricity. So, you know. Bears tail. So, pieces of this worked. But... The problems I had with the conflict not being good enough and the, and without real consequences to the gags or any real aggressor. So our characters were never really in danger. And, and if our characters aren't really in danger, why should it matter, matter to us, the audience? Like, you know, they're, they're, they're in a little bit more danger in both Goofy Gophers and the next one that we're covering. But, like, here it's just sort of like, you know, Oh, they 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 need their tree back. They go and they get. There's not really a great deal of a so what. There sort of is one, but it just sort of like bobs along. 
without a lot of real comedy writer stuff in there. And Fritz Reeling should know this. He should know that the best way to, to, to you know, to get laughs is to, you know, put your characters in peril and to, you know, get hurt. But that rarely happens in this. And the Goofy Gophers are just like, you know, they walk forward and, and the plot sort of comes to them miraculously. And it's just, it's frustrating to me. It certainly happens. Yeah. Um, I was getting, actually, I think they got me with this one, is that I kind of, them being so happy-go-lucky was kind of aggravating, which uh-huh. is weird, because I, I consider myself a pretty optimistic, happy guy, but yeah. my God, like, they're never mad once. There's... The, the closest thing they get to being mad is one of them saying, stop it, stop it. There's a time for that later. <laughs> Which is that's funny for the reckon. It, it is funny. Like, that's the only time. That's the only time. <sighs> I gave it a 2.5 out of 5. I, it's, it's flawed. I give it a 3 out of 5. More okay. Positive on it. Because, I don't know. I, I, I didn't like some of the ideas they did in this. But, yeah. That's a thing. The third one we're covering, not the third chronologically, but fuck it, it's a Goofy Gophers episode, is I Go For You, which was released on January 30th, 1954. On this day in history, Belgium ends its trade agreement with the USSR. Smashing. Okay. Um, you got anything else for that day, Mark? Nope. No. Even the days are boring. That just says a lot about all this. Uh, Fritz Freeling directed this. Warren Foster wrote it, uh, like the last one. Um, okay. So, this one also has a concrete... Fuck. This one also has a con... I... Yes? <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Wouldn't it be funny if I fuck it up a third time? Alright. This cartoon, um, just like the last one we covered, also has a concrete conflict where someone has stolen all of Macintosh's vegetables and it ends up being a produce company, which makes this very similar to Lumberjerks. Which is funny because... Um... This one came first. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, so they have to infiltrate a factory in here. Um, the first two minutes of that is set up. It's all just back and forths, and it's more cute than funny. Um, eventually, we do follow these trucks, and we get into the fact. Uh, it feels like I'm skipping over a lot, guys. I know. But, like, it's all, it's all back and forth. I, I will say, though, um, the short begins with them in a vegetable patch they claim as their own, which, honestly, yeah. it kind of feels like a sequel to the Goofy Gophers. It, it, honestly, it, it, yeah. It, it would match. And I was like, yeah, they own the, the, the garden yet, and they're proud of what they did. And, uh, yeah. No, no, no. It, 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 it probably works as a follow-up. But, of course, this wasn't a... F- the second one they did, which was two gophers from Texas. Yeah. So, I, I uh, 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 um, yeah, 
build up uh, plot stuff, and then we get to the factory. Their vegetables have been stolen. That's their yeah. conflict. They think the vegetables have been stolen by the Ajax company. And yeah. they have to go get their vegetables back. And this also has some good like industrial montage kind of stuff. Like, first of all, we get a powerhouse motif. Fucking yeah. hooray. They use the powerhouse in this, where it basically just shows the industrialization of produce, of just, you know, how these vegetables are turned into something very, you know, like homogenized and, you know, same and basic. And, like, we see these tomatoes being ground up to make tomato juice. And I like Mac running to the tomato juice assembly line so he can get a mouthful, which is pretty clever. Um, but it ends up, like, he ends up staying in the assembly line too long and getting fitted with a, um, a very hard bottle cap. Um, yes. It, it's amusing to see Mac with the bottle cap on his head even after the iris back in. But right as we iris back in, it's taken off easily. I, I would love to see him with the, that stuck on his head for the rest of it. Yeah, uh, but we do get so, uh, some a nice little. Um, uh, okay, first of all, this is what I forgot to mention because why? But the closest thing these characters have to a catchphrase is "thank you." They say it like that in Lumberjerks. They don't say it like Not that yet. in this cartoon. Hence, no. it is. Uh, hence, it is infallibly worse. Yeah, because that's like the one thing they had going for them, and it's not in this cartoon. But however, yeah. anyways, um, no, I, we, we do get more food, more food puns. Uh, there's a powdered eggs, which is a, a garden of eggs are literally being powdered on by makeup. Uh, canned, I do like the one. Yeah, I like this. Yes, one. where it's uh, canned mushrooms being scraped off of steaks. Yeah, that seems like a very like early 1940s kind of goofy groceries type of gag, which is good to see. Sort there of, is yeah. still a bit of that. Uh, DNA, and uh, yeah, definitely, and also just you know, it's 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 a very sophisticated kind of joke of like you know, of people ordering of of the only mushrooms in the world being found on steaks where you ordered steak with mushroom on. So that's a thing I think you can do still. I think, but it was it was definitely more of a thing than I think in in, in steakhouses in high class steakhouses. So like out that back. was clever. I like that. <laughs> yeah, and out back. Yeah, you. Hey, put mushrooms on your steak. You know what we call mushrooms on steak? A mistake. <laughs> oh, um, is is there anything between that bit and Tosh getting trapped in the tomato tomato soup can? Um, no. We just go right into right. it. So there's an amusing no, there's an amusing se- sequence up here where Tosh gets trapped in a tomato soup can, and Mac has to open all of the soup cans in the factory up to figure out what she's in. He undoes every can in the warehouse. Instead of just using his ears and spatial relation, he just opens every single one up, and Tosh is in the last one that he opens, and Tosh even asks him about that. And and Mac's like, no, I just, uh, you know, I, no, no, no. Mac even asks Tosh why he was in the last one, and Tosh goes, I was in the first can. You started the wrong way. It would have been a lot better of an argument if these characters weren't so damn simple and polite. 
And also yeah. for supposedly smart and sophisticated characters, this is a very dumb move of, of Max just going through all of them and finding him the last because he doesn't hear anything. And Max does say, I guess you're right. How stupid of me. Which even uh-huh. then, like, it would have been fun if he was, like, mad at himself. Like, I guess you're right. How stupid of me. I should have known. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I guess you're right. How stupid of me. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Let's be more thankful. Oops. I mean, let's be more careful. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, and then right after this is Mac falling into the pickle sort of container, getting drunk on um, on p- pickle juice, essentially, and drunkenly stumbling through the assembly line without anything actually happening to him. This is, this is the Mr. Magoo effect. It's like... A, yes. a person can walk unaware in a straight line and nothing happened to them. That's not funny. That's just like, that's that's the a- antithesis of what is supposed to be funny. It's like, just convenient. That's a joke that on, that's only funny once. I think there should have been only one Mr. Magoo cartoon. There should have been only one. I mean, I personally call it the construction zone baby effect. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it, it's kind of like that. Um. However... I, I did like the the shot of multiple knives cutting at once, and he somehow yeah. misses them. I think that was just the cartoon just being, you know what, we're not even going to care like, enough to get it. him hurt here. He's God. Yeah. <laughs> He's, yes, Tosh is... Mac is God, which is also a lost episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, 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 I guess he's God. Or apples, or that's that's Apple's motto from 1984 to uh, 2000. <laughs> to now. To Mac is God. Yeah. Um. And here we sort of settle on the solution to the conflict, which is they have these dehydrated foods and machines that like dehydrate foods and make them smaller, and you'll just yeah. add water and you do them up. And I yes. like that, that it's, it's very literal, where you just add water and it becomes a full plate of dinner. It it would have been funnier if there were different meals each time, because it, it's the same meal. Yeah. It would have been mm-hmm. funnier if it was, like, big, extravagant, like, um, the one they use is a turkey dinner, which is a good starting yeah. point. Maybe, like, start with, like, a steak dinner, and then you go up, mm. so it's like, it's steak dinner, and now it's a meatloaf, and now it's, yeah. a, it's, now it's a lasagna, and... Uh, yeah. And now, and now it's and now it's 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 Max splayed out on a plate, which was yeah, which which is where it goes because he gets caught in the dehydration machine and ends up. He, and Tosh throws water on him, and it's just Max splayed out on a plate with an apple in his mouth. Yeah. Um, but this is where they figure out how to get all their food back and just dehydrate everything and just bring it with them, which is clever. Which you know the, the, the whole dehydration aspect of this is honestly the cleverest part of the whole cartoon. Other than some other gags here and there. But it does lead to this ending where they have, they pile up all the dehydrated foods underground and one of them turns on the water spout that just over, it, it breaks the spout and it, the water keeps overflowing to the point where literally, it's like the ending of um, Hairway to the Stars where um, there's going to be an overload of Martians. But instead, we actually see the overload of fruits like and vegetables pile up and Macintosh just sitting on them. <sighs> yeah, 
I, I did have a bit of like a oh no reaction as soon as the water started coming down. But it's only food. Yeah, like it's 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 the thing they wanted. Like yeah. they win at the like they they win at the end. There really there really is no Again, consequences. Yeah, no consequences. None. This was cute. Yeah, that's all I really can say for it. Simple enough story. Less gag work. More things happen to the two characters. Pretty fucking harmless. Yeah, you know. There are there are great ideas in this, but again, not enough consequences for our characters who mosey on by here until the end. And again, no aggressor. But with the gag working with some of the ideas, especially late in it, it, it was better than Lumberjerks for me. So. Oh. Uh, you know what? I, I, I will agree with you there. I also thought this was better than Lumberjerks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm still just going to give it a 3 out of 5. Well, that's what I'm giving it. It's a high 3 out of 5, but a 3 out of yeah. 5. It, it's a 3, yeah. Clearly. All right. Let's <sighs> hear from some of the Goofy Gophers apologists that are probably going to be up in our uh, mentions. All right. We've got two comments here. Uh, one from Fox in a Fizza, who said that they recommend that we watch Two Gophers from Texas and A Bone for a Bone as well. Maybe for a future episode, as those are classics. And he wonders if we like the ones we watched. Well, as you can probably tell, we did not. <laughs> I also have a comment here from Danny at Danny Exists 6 who said that they consider the Gophers to be extremely underrated characters. Yes, their stick is really just Chip and Dale, but extremely polite as well as chaotic, but they loved it. Which, good for you, Danny. I mean, we we couldn't really find what was so great about them in the stories we watched, but good note that there are indeed Goofy Gopher fans out there. Thank you. All right, so for next week's show, this episode we just did was a viewer-submitted idea, and um, yeah. did it work? You be the judge. Again, apologies to the person who suggested we do this. It's not your fault. These were just not that enticing. I'm sorry. So yeah. clearly the next thing to do is ask our listeners to really – give us something to talk about because, okay, we are a, a podcast, religious podcast that started in 2020. Yes. You know what else kind of was also started in 2020? Looney yeah. Tunes cartoons on the streaming service yeah. HBO Max. And, and we've sort of only strayed into them partway. I haven't seen many of them at all. And so I've seen it makes sense. Yeah. one complete one and little bits here and there. Uh, they yeah. do get shared on the memes. I think there's yeah. memes. Is there memes? Well, one uh, of them. One of them I know has memes, but not for the best reasons. Uh, um. So, we asked on Twitter for your suggestions on Looney Tune cartoons from HBO Max for us to watch. So we got a lot of them. We got a lot of them. We got we got eight. We got eight suggestions, which is a lot. That's a lot yes. for us. This is the most you guys have ever come through for us, and we thank you so much. In fact, um, there's so many here 
we're gonna do all of them. Yeah. Because we feel bad. Because we mm-hmm. really should have been looking at these um, earlier. So to make it up to all of you, we're gonna be spend the next two episodes looking at HBO Max cartoons, Looney Tune cartoons. Mm-hmm. And these will be interesting because unlike um, the shorts of the last close to 60 episodes, everyone who worked on these cartoons are alive and kicking. So when we say anything bad, they'll, not saying they will know, because we're not going to ask that you like all actively choose people. Do not. Please don't. Please don't. But these these are people who have actually made these that are aware of Twitter. So and the art of yeah, podcasting. They, so they they could yeah. find us and track us down and murder us. Yes. So, so that would be a fun way to for this podcast to end. Um <laughs> but yeah we're we're gonna be analytical and careful about about these. Yes. So the way we're probably gonna be working it is that um next week we're gonna be doing some of the earlier season one ones, like the ones we have slated here, are episodes one, two, five, and seven. That's that's at least from some of the ones that you guys have have, showed, have um, thrown our way. And then the other four, which are comparatively later, we're going to do at the um, at the other episode in two weeks. Yes, and, and so. uh, we'll, we'll announce which ones those are in next week's episode. Yeah. But but just, we, we, we can announce that we're doing the first two episodes and also episode five and episode seven. Uh, I have not seen any of these. Um, they should be fun. I've only seen episode one, and even then, it was like the day they went up like a year ago. Yeah. So, I don't know, I barely remember it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we should be doing next week. Uh, hopefully... Yeah, no, I mean, you know, hopefully we'll have some good things to say about the new ones. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited, so. Yeah, hopefully, they'll, hopefully they, they've got to be more interesting than the Goofy Gophers. At the very yeah. least. Much more interesting. Yeah. So that is the end of this week's show. <laughs> we got through it. Yay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. If you'd like to give up with us on Twitter, you can follow me at MarkHalem1995. And you can follow me at TallGuySchmidt. If you'd like to give up with the podcast or give your thoughts for next week's episodes or who knows, maybe even give shorts for a next week's episode. Mm-hmm. Let me ask for it. Don't, don't just add us randomly saying we have to do yeah. this and that. Yeah. Um, follow at that underscore loony or type in the podcast title we are the first results you can also find the podcast wherever podcasts are readily available that includes apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify Podcasts, player fm anchor any of those and more uh where we're still out there folks so until next week i'm mark and i'm jordan and in the immortal words of john paul sartre au revoir go fair. <laughs>